0: Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every
1: day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. Today is Monday, October 5th, two thousand. And 20. The NHL draft is just one day away. Your Detroit Red Wings have the fourth overall pick. And today we are joined by Dober Prospect's head of North American Scouting, Tony Ferrari, to give us his final thoughts on what might take place this Tuesday night in virtual draft land. Who will have their name called to fourth overall? Will it be Cole Will it be Lucas Raymond? Will it be Ethan Smith? Could, could, could they reach? For Askaroff, at fourth overall, who will the biggest surprise of the draft week be? We take our best guesses uh, for you in today's episode. I'm your host, Detroit sports writer Nolan Bianchi. I've got longtime Red Wings fan, my co-host, Ethan Smith, with me in the interview with Tony. It's a lot of fun. It's your team every day. And it's officially draft week. So subscribe to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. And follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Red Wings to stay locked on Ethan and I are going to give our final predictions on tomorrow's episode. So subscribing, we'll make sure that uh, that's ready for you when you wake up on Tuesday morning, you know, you wake up, maybe uh, d- scarf down a delicious built bar. You got the draft day jitters. You're driving to work. You want to get excited. You want to get amped and we are a hundred percent of the way there. So we'd love for you to join us. And one last note uh, before we kick it to the interview, I do apologize if the audio isn't necessarily sterling silver at times, especially for me. Uh, Tony's audio is great because he has a professional little setup and stuff like that, but I recorded this interview uh, from Ford Field on Sunday morning. I had to do it from a mask, uh, so if you think that it sounds like I'm wearing a muzzle, it's because I basically was. Uh, just letting you know that's that's what the deal with that is. Uh, I think that is my last note for you today. Uh, we'll update you on how we'll be handling the post-draft coverage on tomorrow's episode. Because I don't want to keep you from the discussion with Tony any longer. So we'll see you back here tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. All right, we are now joined by Tony Ferrari of Dauber Prospects and host of the Dauber DraftCast. He is a recurring guest. He joined us a couple months ago to profile. Uh, a couple of the top prospects in this year's draft and now he's back to give us one last look at what to expect on Tuesday. So without further ado, welcome back, Tony Ferrari. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Now, uh, we obviously have had a lot of time in between the season ending to this draft taking and you particularly as a scout, I'm sure that that has (laughs) been uh, a really interesting proposition. So heading into this week I, I mean are you glad it's it's finally over what's what's kind of the mood
0: I am glad it's over I'm, I'm I'm happy to start the next year because I've, I've been doing I usually start the next year's crop like really heavily diving into them around January the year before so I started that this year like I normally would and, mm-hmm. and I was starting to get the 2021 guys into into the notebook and in more more scouting to, uh, views of them and then yeah the pandemic happened and and now I've been trying to juggle the two classes kind of at once and <laughs> It, with the QMJHL starting up and some of the European leagues starting up, I, I've more focused my actual video viewing on the 21 kids because I've seen these 20, 2020 kids for two years at least for most of them. So I, I th- if I don't have a good grasp on what the, how they're playing style and what they're going to be now, I, I'm not going to get one. So, Tony, what's the uh, latest buzz heading into the start of this
1: week surrounding the draft?
0: Uh, there's, there's a lot, and I think a lot of it's noise because I think there's going to be a lot of guys that are, are – because no one's gonna be in the same room so I think Eiserman touched on it in his press conference the other day where mm-hmm. he's gonna be on the phone all day long there's gonna be multiple phone calls going at times and I think there's gonna be a lot of chaos I won't be shocked if there's some some questionable decisions made because someone's on the clock waiting for their pick and they're on the phone with two different teams and and they go oh well you make make the choice now because you're not in the room you don't get the sense of that uh, interpersonal connection and whatnot so there's going to be a team on the other end of the line trying to screw you over actively with a big smile on their face and going, no, no, this is a great deal for you. <laughs> so I think there's going to be a lot of, there's a lot of noise right now, but
1: I don't think there's a lot of substance to a lot of it. All right. So let us take it to this top three, right? Because as a Red Wings fan, uh, as a Red Wings podcast, we were devastated getting outside that top four because there are what people believe to be those two tiers. Now you have, you're not one of those people. You have Lucas Raymond ranked at third on your big board. But before we get to that, I just want to ask what is your confidence level that this top three is going to go exactly in the order that we think it is?
0: Uh, I think it's probably about 90%. I, I think there's a,
1: the off chance
0: that something crazy happens, whether it's LA deciding, you know what, we want Drysdale or Sanderson or. Or even Ottawa may be going, you know what, maybe we want Lucas Raymond or something. And, and maybe it's just been a smokescreen the entire time. But, yeah, I think it's probably going to be Lafreniere, Byfield, Stutzla. I think Byfield, Stutzla might be able to flip back and forth. But in my opinion, it's a top two, and then there's there's a small group after that that includes Stutzla and Raymond.
1: All right, well, I wanted to ask about two uh, prospects in particular. One of them is Lucas Raymond, and the other one is Yaroslav Askarov. I got to do it. There's a slim chance, I think, that the Red Wings are going to take him at number four, but they have both had a chance to play a little bit before the draft, and Askarov in particular uh, is just lighting the world on fire. So what effect do you think the early performances of Lucas Raymond and Yaroslav Askarov will have on the NHL draft after that top three? Well, I think
0: both of them are really, really high-end prospects, And, and honestly, I think both of them have a chance to be either the best or the top two prospect in this draft class. Um, Lucas Raymond, he's got all the skill in the world. He drives the play from the wing. I, I think he's a really rare talent because I, I don't think there are many players who can truly drive a play from the wing, and Lucas Raymond's able to do that. So I think he mitigates the fact that you you really need a play-driving center. So in, in Detroit scenario, I, I think s- setting him up on a line with, say, Zadina and Valeno in a couple of years, and that being your second line or even your first line if, if they surpass expectations, that really works offense Valeno is going to be able to drive I I know he's going to be a guy that's going to be able to drive the puck two ways and he's going to be a good contributor at both ends of the ice but I think having a guy like Raymond would be able to really bring that line and that that just the production level of that line in general up to another level um as for a guy like Ascroft I'm a big Ascroft guy I love this kid (laughs) he's so fun to watch and I, I think like even myself, like I, I took a lot of pride in last summer trying to get involved with, with understanding the goalie position a lot more because we've had a couple of good goalies in the last couple of years and we have another one next year in Jesper Wallstedt. So I wanted to understand that, that process and what's going on in the net. And I, I did a lot of work last summer, but the, the big thing with Askarov is you don't need to do that work. You really don't because you watch Askarov. And that's an NHL goalie. You watch Joel Bloomfist or Drew Camesso or Nico Dawes. These guys that everyone else has second ranked as the second ranked goalie. And they just don't look like the same level. Um, it's you can just tell basically with Askarov. And yeah. I think the numbers back it up. The the video backs it up. Everything backs it up. If you want to harp on him for his world junior performance, you can. But he was two years younger than the majority of the competition there. So in my opinion, He's a top six or seven prospect. Uh, understanding the goalie factor, he's probably going to go later than that. But if I'm if I'm a team, I start him in the conversation at six.
1: Wow. All
0: so right, well, that... not at four. <laughs> yeah. So no, yeah. I probably wouldn't go at four for the Red Wings. So what would that be? Something like we, if hypothetically the Red Wings <laughs> go after him, um, is this something that we are trading back in order to try and? get ideally yeah i I, ideally you'd like to trade back maybe to that seven or eight spot even further like realistically i like when we did kind of our mock draft at dauber we had him go at 11 to nashville yeah because that was the first spot we felt like there's a really real separation once you get outside that top 10 group it's almost impossible to justify not taking him so i i think anywhere between that 8 and 11 range 8 and 12 range is probably where he goes um but yeah if i'm detroit i'm trading back if i really want him because even though there's a chance that he could be the best player from this draft and he could be a multiple-time Vesna winner or something like that, I think four is still too high, and, and there's just a group of guys there that, that provide too much value that don't come with the same little bit of risk that does come with Ascroft being a netminder.
1: You know, guys, talking about erectile dysfunction is never an easy thing to do. Usually, we'll just brush it off or blame ourselves by saying things like, I lost my mojo. Or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. And if medication is appropriate, Roman, We'll ship it to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. To get started, just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a real healthcare professional and take care of it. That's go to GetRoman.com slash nhl today. And if you're approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. You want Chinese. They want pizza. And somebody is craving for Oyo. But guess what? There's something for everybody on DoorDash. And while you do it, while you place the order through DoorDash, while you get all the things that you need for your party of people, you can continue supporting restaurants in your community safely because there are now thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash that need your patronage now more than ever. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving now right to your door. And ordering is easy. Just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-to's or choose from your national favorite restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and even the Cheesecake Factory because many of your local restaurants that you love are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door within 20 minutes? 30 minutes, sometimes it's that quick. And right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCKEDONNHL. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code LOCKEDONNHL. Do not forget, that's code LOCKEDONNHL for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Now, uh, I want to get back to Raymond in just a second because I think ever since we did that profile with you on this show, I I really started to uh, pick up the steam uh, in terms of wanting the Red Wings to take him with that fourth overall pick. But I wanted to kind of ask you more about, uh, and I guess this is just a a general question in the world of scouting and reporting and things like that, but you have all these mock drafts and you have all these guys uh, who say things like, oh, this is what I'm hearing. Uh, we saw the Corey Promden, uh mock draft the other day. He said, "What well, all I'm hearing is Perfetti in Drysdale. I have not really heard Drysdale at all in the conversation, to be quite honest with you. Uh, and I'm not saying that his, his sourcing is wrong or, or whatever it may be. But I guess just how do so many different people end up hearing so many different things when it comes to where a prospect might be taken?
0: i think a lot of it has to do with where all these analysts are like uh, i'm in windsor my uh, well, my boss is in vancouver my yoki Nevalainen, who does the podcast with me is in, in finland so we're all hearing from different sources so even if we are all hearing from the from all detroit red wing scouts Hawken maybe tells yoki something and i get told something else by draper and and maybe uh cron on a trip out west and he tells cam something else so um, we're all kind of hearing from different sources. And I think that's the big thing. And, and the reality is we're not hearing from the same teams. So mm. I, I'm hearing from one team and, and Pranman's hearing from another and Scott Wheeler's hearing from another and Craig button's hearing from all of them. And, and we're all trying to just trying to present the, the, the stuff we, we hear that we can validate. And that we, a lot of times, like for me personally, like I never say anything unless it's, it's more than one or two people saying something to me. And, and it has to be a good source because like, I've had some some agents and and other scouts and stuff reach out to me and be like, oh yeah, look at this player. He's he's improved his skating by a mile, and I'm like, oh yeah, like you don't have anything to to gain from telling me that. So yeah, <laughs> so I, <laughs> nice I, I think it, yeah, exactly. I think it's just a a product of, of we're all hearing from so many different sources, so that's where we get the the varied kind of opinions.
1: All right. Well, I'm not the only one I think who wants to see the Red Wings take Lucas Raymond with that fourth overall pick. I think within the Red Wing fan base too that selection has kind of picked up steam. And I, I would, I would safely assume, I think that right now that is the fan favorite pick at this point. What do you think the odds are that he ends up in a red wings uniform? And uh, if not him, who, which direction do you think the red wings might go? So with the red wings at four, I think, I think there's a kind of a weird situation. If if you put
0: the, the pie chart or the, yeah, the pie chart up, you have, you have like a a 40% chance. I think that Cole Perfetti is the guy. And, and I'd say probably about a 30% chance that Lucas Raymond's a guy um, just from all the connections you can make between those, like with, with those two guys, I, I think those two are the favorites to go. And then you have about a 20% chance where the, there's a few other guys maybe, maybe Tim slipped to falls and, and you take him and, or, or maybe the, the Red Wings really like Marco Rossi. So there, there's other options, but I think those two guys are really probably the, the two that I I'd favor in that spot.
1: Is there anybody that's slipping down draft boards as we approach draft day?
0: Uh it, it depends what draft board you look at really, because I mean you look at a guy like Hendrix Lapierre who's who's kind of uh he's got a ton of skill. He's, he's a good guy in transition, but his performance at the Helenka last year really boosted his stock and, and I think it led to Craig Button actually putting him at second on his board early really early in the year oh. ahead of Byfield, which was crazy. Um I, I might be a little high on that. Maybe it was fourth, but yeah, he was in the top five for sure. Um but I he's falling down because he's had a few neck injuries that were originally reported as concussion injury. Injuries and, and and now it's kind of up in the air because people are like, Oh, well, it was his agent that said that. And again, like the agents have stuff to gain too. So um he's a, he's a guy that's falling down the board. And another guy that was kind of in the top 10, 12 range at the start of the year was was Justin Barron, the Halifax Mooseheads defenseman. And he just he had injuries a ton last year. He lost a lot of his high skill teammates last year as well. So the year before he was on a pretty loaded team and, and then last year he didn't have those guys around him to help. So he a lot more was on his shoulders and he didn't really pick it up. And then this year to start off, he, he had another procedure in Ontario. Um, The rumor is that it was linked to the blood clots, but that's not confirmed or anything. So I would, I would hate to say that that's for sure what it is and reoccurring, but I mean, this kid, he's got some talent, he's got some tools, but yeah, he's fallen down draft boards from, like I said, the start of the year, he was top 10, 12 prospect. And now he's maybe a top 50 guy, maybe top 80. So it's up in the air with him. But injuries are the big reason that guys are falling right now.
1: And so this is a question that I propose to you, the listeners. What is your wall? Is it that 2 o'clock drowsy feeling? Is it that 5 o'clock drive home when you know you got to go to the gym but you're just not feeling it? Built Go is going to be – Your solution to that, uh, whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it with Built Go every day. It's easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. You can put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever. You can put it in your golf bag to get through the back nine, or you can put it in your pocket simply to get through the day. Bilko is the best workout gel on the market. It's like a protein drink, uh, an energy drink, and everything else just like that. And one nice little, uh, nice, nice little package. It's like five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster energy drink with a third of the caffeine and much better results. They've got three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut and chocolate mint. I have tried them all. They are all absolutely delicious. The protein is fast absorbing so that it gets into my system fast. Plus it's easy on the stomach. I got a weak stomach folks. I like to uh, throw a bunch of trash in there and uh, feel queasy a lot of time, but I never do feel queasy after I eat my Bilko. I feel ready to take on the day. I feel ready to break through my wall. So visit Bilko.com right now and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 30% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 30% off at com. Let's go. So what do you think will be the
0: biggest surprise on draft day in the top 10? Askarov going six to Anaheim.
1: Wow. Wow. I, I, <laughs> I, I,
0: personally, like, I'd love it. I, I don't think that's really going to happen, but, like, I don't know. I think Askarov's is going to go somewhere fun. I think, I think he's going to be the pick that really surprises people because I I think people are overcorrecting themselves and and the goalies are voodoo thing is real. And I I don't disagree with that to an extent, but I I think people are like, Oh, well, you can't draft a goalie in the top 10, you can't draft a goalie in the top 15. Well, Florida did it last year and Spencer and I had a pretty decent season in the NCAA. So I don't think there's too much worry about it. When you have an elite, elite goaltender, he's, he's a, it's a surefire bet as as any of these kids in the top 12, top 15. So I think he's gonna be the guy that really pops up and surprises people and where he gets picked.
1: So I want to ask you about you know some sleepers, uh, some some later round picks for Red Wings fans to watch. But I, I I gotta ask, like just going through this process of having all of this extra time and you know, really straining yourself to look at the this this top 10, this top 15, as much as it's changed, as deep as it is. Do you think that there's a con to having this much time to prepare? Like, have you noticed your own biases that have changed over time simply because you've been looking at it for so long?
0: Yeah, I think it's tough because I think you have to be aware of all that. And one thing I did this year is if, if I had a really, really solid handle on a guy, I didn't really focus on him while I was off or while the break kind of happened. Like a guy like Jacob Perot or, or, Alexi Lafreniere I'll be honest with you I think I went two and a half months without watching Alexi Lafreniere like, I, I, there's no reason like, yeah, I got right yeah. <laughs> so instead I watched guys that I was a little bit less familiar with or, or guys that maybe I had an opinion of that didn't mesh with the the kind of consensus and a guy like Jack Quinn was one of those guys where there was there was probably a week well when everything kind of shut down I was off work for three months and outside of Dauber Prospects I was doing that all the time but No, like I was so I'd sit down, and there's a week straight where I I watched Jack Quinn just for a week and I watched a bunch (laughs) of his games. I probably watched 25 games in that week. And honestly, like I I look at him and I go, Okay, so like there's a lot of stuff I confirmed for that I already had the opinion of, but there was elements of his game that I just didn't see previous to that. And and maybe that's because I didn't have the time to, to get to him as much as I had time to get to other guys and whatnot. So Understanding that you're you're going to have these biases and you're going to be trying to stack on opinions on opinions on opinions, I, I took the the route of of going with guys I haven't seen yet, not really worrying about guys that I have seen yet. Like Anton Lindell, I've watched him a ton for the last two years. I, I don't need to watch him anymore. So yeah. I'd rather watch a guy like Lucas Reichel or, or Hendricks LaPierre, who I, who I didn't see as
1: much. All right, Lucas Reichel, Hendricks LaPierre, two guys who uh, I think could be in play. For the red wings after that fourth overall pick now they have five picks between 32 and 65 who are going to be some of the best value guys in there some of the best home run swings and just overall guys to watch for well i think the two guys you
0: mentioned are definitely a a candidates there and and once you get outside the first round i think lapier is a really good bet to take because if he does get past those health issues there's a good player there and i think he can be a good player playmaker um Another guy I really like is Murat Kuznodinov. He's the Russian center. He's 5'9", but he's he doesn't play like it. He's, he's got a ton of skill. He's been doing really, really well early on this year in the KHL. and um, th- He hasn't necessarily been putting the points up, but he's producing. And he's generating chances, and he's doing everything you'd want him to do, and that's his game. He's He's a guy that does a little bit of everything, and he really understands positioning and really understands where to be on the ice and how to get the puck. To the dangerous areas of the ice. So he's one of my favorite players in the draft. I have him in my first round pretty easily around 20, maybe even a little bit higher, but there's so many, so many consents. There are so many opinions on him that I've seen him outside the top 50. And, and I think a lot of that's just to do with the fact that he is a little bit smaller of a player and teams don't trust that despite the, the success that guys like Braden Point and Yanni Gordon and Mitch Marner have had a smaller guy is still a smaller guy to a lot of teams. So mm-hmm. they don't get the respect, but, uh, few other like a couple defensemen that could go in that range are like guys like William Wallander or Emil Andre and they're two Swedish defensemen who are really really good players um William Wallander's got all the tools in the world he's got all the skating he's got the size he's six four almost 200 pounds if I'm not mistaken um he's just a beast of a, a physical tool package um if he can develop that that sense for the game and really go for it I think he can be a really good player because He's already excellent transition. I, I love his game in transition because he's got that elite, elite skating. Um, and at his size, it's, it's intimidating when he's coming down at the at you. He needs to clean up some, some things up in the defensive end. And he did that when he went up to the men's team. So I credit a lot of that to the, to the junior team he was playing on, which was kind of a dumpster fire defensively, to be completely honest. But um, he's a guy that I think could be in that range. We have him at 38 on the Dauber Prospects board. Um, Emil Andre is a guy that uh, we have at 29 but he's again he's a little bit smaller and he's not the most crisp skater um, he's a, a smaller defenseman who's not a great skater immediately gets people to, to shy away from him but this kid is a gamer he he is more than willing to throw his body around I, I saw him last week or the week before I think in, in the SHL preseason a dude was going to drive the net and he just Posted him up, drove right to the net with him, right to the, the inside post, and just took the guy right into the post with him. They took the net right off the moorings. Like He had no problem just, just like assaulting this guy on the ice, basically. And, and that's his game. He's more than willing to just like jump in and, and, and play that physical style. If this kid was 6'2", 6'3", he might be a top 15 pick, to be completely honest. Wow. All
1: right, well, I got one last question. Uh, I don't know if Ethan's got any, but uh, knowing that the Red Wings have – three second round picks in this year's draft five from 32 to 65 and then three second round picks and next year's draft it well it will be their third consecutive draft with three second round picks in your opinion just uh let, like put on your general manager cap for a second here just as far as you value um you know a second round pick versus a, a first round pick or a third round pick versus you know the second in the first whatever it may be would you try to package some of those picks to move up in this year's draft? Or do you think that that's more of a case-by-case basis of, hey, we really want this guy. Let's see what package we can do to get him.
0: Yeah, I think it's a, it's a bit of a case-by-case basis, especially in this year's draft, where from about 20 to 60, maybe even 80, you have a lot of guys who have a ton of skill. And obviously, there's guys on the higher end of that and lower end of that. But a mm-hmm. guys that have a ton of skill or a ton of there's, – there, there's something that's really valuable in their game but then there's this red flag and that red flag so you really have to worry about it so there's going to be guys that i think are on people's boards and on teams boards that are 25 on Detroit's board but 83 on on San Jose's or something so it's going to be really wild so i think unless you start to see a guy fall that you're like oh why is why is a guy like I, I don't know like maybe Jan Mysak falls to like the late late second round and you're like oh maybe i should try to trade up to get this guy or yeah or or maybe a guy like like uh Rodion amirov the russian center uh he's ranked 12 on our board he's ranked inside of the top 50 on a lot of boards but there's been some some talk of maybe he's the guy that falls this year because the russian factor because the fact that he wasn't really seeing a whole lot this year like there's a lot of other guys that got a lot more press this year so he could fall down the board and if he does and he's in that 20 25 range i'm detroit and i'm going you know what i'm gonna package a second round pick and a third round pick or two second rounders and moving up for this guy because he he legitimately has that t- high end talent. But there, there's gonna be guys that fall and with with so many second round picks, I love the strategy that they've been taking. Because if I was a GM, I I'd try to always keep my first round pick because that's where you're restocking the cover with the high end talent. But then I don't care about any picks after fourth round. I they're garbage to me. Mm-hmm. Give me all the second round picks, give me all the third round picks. Those are the picks that I find huge value in because those are the picks you're going to be able to take care, take advantage of other teams' mistakes. So if a guy like Danny Gushin or an Aussie wisebladder or a William Wallander fall a little bit to the mid-second round, you're going to be able to pick them up, take advantage of that, and really get a, a first-round talent in the second round. So with Detroit having three this year, and, and they're not three that are bunched together either; they're three that are kind of spread out in the second round, which is really kind of nice. Because if you do want to trade up, you have the advantage; you have the opportunity to do that. But they're going to get three good players there, whether they come away with a pack, like a, a grouping of like a Tyler Tulio, William Wallander and a Drew Camesso, or, or just three high end forwards, like Ashton Robbins and, and Tyson Forrester or something. They, they can come away with a really good trio of prospects with the, in that second round. And then those third round picks this year are a lot like second round picks, because like I said, there's that, there's a lot of players that have that, that ability to be a top six player, a f- top four player, but there's this gaping flaw in their game that they really need to work on. So if you're looking at a guy like Ty Milanic, he's a forward who's decent size. He's not too, too small. He's not too, too big. But he's got the skating, but he was injured this year. So we don't know what, what what he was this year. Like he had a wrist injury. And even when he came back, that really hampered his shot, which in coming into the year, I was like, oh, this Ty Milanic kid's got a really good shot. That's the thing I'm looking for with him. He didn't show that this year because his, his wrist was all messed up. So I think you get a guy like that in the third round, realistically you could be getting a player that's better than half the players drafted from 20 to 35. So there's a lot of talent on this board this year. All right. As the
1: uh, music begins to take over my sound system here at Ford field, we'll wrap it up. (laughs) Tony Ferrari with Dauber prospects and co-host of the Dauber Draftcast. Go check that out. Go download that anywhere that you get your podcast. We can't get you out of here without getting one prediction from you. You're Steve Eiserman. It's draft day. The number four overall pick is coming across the board. Who are you taking and why?
0: I'm taking Lucas Raymond. He's the guy that I think can really – I think if you, if you put him in the prospect pool, he's your best prospect, and within three years, he could be your best player. And I just don't see that with a guy like Tim Stutzlow or, or Cole Perfetti. I, I think they have this the, the upside. They're, it's certainly there. But I think Lucas Raymond is just on another level. For, for most of this year, I had him closer to three or closer to two than I had him closer to four. <laughs> and, and honestly, with his performance in the SHL early in this season, I, I have no doubt about it in, in my mind that he's locked in my number three prospect. Uh, Lafrenier is a special talent. He's going to be a star in the NHL. Byfield's a lot like a lot the same. They're very different players, but Byfield's value comes with that immense, insane upside that he has. Like This kid could be a top 10 player in the NHL at some point, if, if things work out for him. And, and I think Lucas Raymond's right in that back, that back door, he, he could have an impact like Mitch Marner does or Patrick Kane or an, Artemi Panarin has been my favorite comparison lately because he plays the game with that, that level of skill, that level of speed and that level of just ability to, to really control a line from the wing. And and that's the rare talent that I don't see with a Tim Stutzler. Like him, he's my favorite player in the draft. Like I always have to clarify that because like watching this kid, is just a ton of fun but I think he's going to need a center to like kind of calm his game down at times, because there are times where that kid just hundred miles an hour, just whipping around the offensive zone. And that's good. Like it's fun to watch, but again, like you need a guy who's able to just get the puck to the middle of the ice and score and, and Lucas Raymond's able to do that on his own sticker. or on his teammates. So he'd be my pickup
1: for. All right, Tony, we appreciate you so much. We are a Tony Ferrari podcast. So, you know, we want Lucas Raymond now as well. We trust your opinion. He is the authority on everything when it comes to draft coverage. You can follow him on Twitter at the Tony Ferrari. You can follow the Dober Draftcast on Twitter at was just Dauber DraftCast.
0: Yeah it's just at Dauber Draftcast nice at Dauber
1: DraftCast. Go check out uh his work online as well. And you guys just released a complete guide, didn't you? Uh yeah we
0: have a fantasy we have a fantasy prospect guide that went out in June actually that was the actual initial release but we've been kind of updating it throughout the summer and there'll be another update after the draft too that's gonna have it has every, almost every relevant prospect from every prospect system. So Detroit, I was actually the person that took over Detroit's prospects for the prospect report. Um, so all, all the nice things and bad things about the Detroit prospects were written by me. Um, but also there's a massive draft section that that's covers the top 100 fantasy relevant prospects, the top, uh, there's top 10 lists on different skills, like top 10 shots, top 10 passing, top 10 hitters, top 10 guys that, you shouldn't draft at all in your fantasy league and stuff like that. So there's a ton of stuff in there, draft and regular prospect related. So check that out on the website as well. That's linked at the top of the, the rankings article we just released, our, our final site rankings for the year. So you
1: can find everything there as well. So. We'll go check it out. You're not going to want to miss it. You're going to want to be sure that you keep up with everything that goes on with this upcoming draft. Tony, thank you so much. We appreciate you. And uh, we're all crossing our fingers for Lucas Raymond at number four.
0: Yeah, and uh, go Ravens, and hopefully the Lions don't crop the bed this week. (laughs) I'm
1: sure they will. (laughs) All (laughs)
0: right.
1: We'll see.